Horseshoe TV Sports, Tosh and Jerry podcast is back. NFL Week 8, bunch of COVID positives this week, but we're still rolling on here. Uh, college football, the Pac-12 is officially back. Our conference, our Ducks, uh, couldn't be more excited to follow college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. This is the NFL pod, no more baseball, no more NBA. We're focusing this all on the NFL, all on college football. And of course, at the end, we're going to give you our picks, our lock and upset of the week. And Jerry, I actually calculated this out. If you were following our picks this entire uh, year, putting $100 down on every game, you'd be up over $600 this year. Um, We're hidden on our picks. It's been fun. And so stay tuned for the end. Uh, for our lock and upset of the week, but couldn't be more pumped to talk to you before this first Ducks game. Uh, Thursday night football tonight, my Packers are playing, so uh, good time to pod today, Jerry. Yeah, dude, so Packers game, going to be boring tonight. Packers are going to win that one. The Ducks, super excited about that. We'll get to that. Um, what do you what do you make of this, I guess, Thursday night football matchup? Because you guys have no running backs, right? Like, I mean... Uh, Aaron Jones isn't isn't back from his injury, and Jamal Williams is out because he was like in close contact with uh, Dylan, who's another running back that tested positive. Yeah. Right, Jerry. Let me let me tell you a little bit of something here. The Packers have a secret weapon. His name's Tyler Irvin. We'd like to call him Swerve. Man's Aaron Jones light out there on the field. They're going to be giving him end arounds. They're going to be putting him in the backfield, giving him some handoffs. You got Dexter Williams out of Notre Dame. He'll get a few carries uh, as I, you know, I'm not too worried about Jamal Williams and, uh, and uh, Dylan being out. I obviously would love to have Aaron Jones, but uh, I think the Niners are pretty banged up. I think Dude, they have okay. They have nobody out there. I mean, Jimmy G's hurt. And I know that you're not that high on him anyways. You don't think it's a big drop off to Nick Mullins, but their best player, George Kittle's out. I thought it was funny actually that the report came out. Sheffy tweeted out that, He's going to be out for eight weeks, and then George Kittle's like, I'm back in two, so we'll see what actually happens there. But he's definitely out tonight, a uh, short week, another COVID week. Um, and I wanted to talk about that, too, because, like, the NFL is just plowing through these COVID situations. But now, like, you got a bunch of dudes on Baltimore that are going to be out with COVID, and we're pretty much running out of bye weeks. So what the hell does the NFL do? Like, do you add, like, extra playoff teams, or do you, like, build in, like, a, like a, a bye week for everybody where you just take, like, a week off? Um, I don't really see a downside in pushing back the NFL schedule. Like, if the Super Bowl's in, like, late February, like, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Yeah, dude, totally agree. I think the what's going to happen is the NFL is going to just add in, like, a week 18 and make up some of these games, um, give everyone a week off before playoffs. Uh, yeah, speaking of the Ravens, like, dude, there's, they've got five linebackers out, three cornerbacks out, star cornerback Marlon Humphrey, tackle, um, Ronnie Staley, so they're going to be injured. Also, one thing on the the uh, Niners and Packer game, I wanted to get out before we uh, officially move on from that weird game that should be moved back. Dude, yeah, okay. yeah there's just no reason they should be playing it. But the NFL is like, all right, here we go. Like, you're going to play. Yeah. So the Niners last year had 727 scrimmage yards uh, and eight touchdowns in two games versus the Packers. None of the guys who were uh, you know, none of the guys who had a single yard or TD in that game are playing in this game for the Niners. So the Niners are super banged up. I think the Packers roll. 
the Ravens in uh, Colts, that's a big game. I think that uh, the Ravens are, you know, the Ravens are super banged up, uh, COVID counting in that. And uh, the one worry that I have, Terry, is good old boy Phillip Rivers throwing some picks, you know, down at the end. Like, that guy is... uh, Dude, he's washed. He's he's, so... He can't get the ball out. Dude, yeah, no, you can't be trusting... Rivers at all. Like, if the Colts... Honestly, the Colts should consider going back to Brissett. I know that I'm coming at that, like, as a Pats fan. Like, my take is, like, I'm high on Brissett always. But, like, it, we saw him last year with a much worse roster and a worse defense last year, and he kept them pretty competitive. And, like, I don't think he's much worse than Phillip Rivers. I don't know what the coaching staff there is seeing. Uh, the one big thing, though, that gives you hope if you're a Colts fan is that, like, every single Ravens linebacker is out along with Humphreys at corner. So... That's pretty big for them, but like, I, that's a stay away game for me, dude. I that could go either way. Um, I like obviously yeah. I'm leaning Ravens like with Lamar. Like you got to give them the edge in that matchup. Yeah, I think you can't trust Phil, but also Jerry, I wanted to get your take on um, what to make of Green Bay, Baltimore, and Tennessee. I have them as uh, ranked five through seven in my top twenty-five. Um, in their teams that all lost this week, teams that went pretty far last year, teams that are pretty hyped up this year. Like, are, do you think any of these teams are contenders? Like, what to make of these three? So that might be the one thing in the rankings that I actually kind of like where you have them. In that 5-7 to seven range, Green Bay might actually be a little bit too low. I think when they're fully healthy and Dalvin doesn't go for, like, 200 yards against them, they're pretty solid, and then it doesn't look like they're going to come up against uh, like Dalvin again because they just played the Vikes twice this season, or Derrick Henry because he's in the AFC. Um, so when the Packers are actually healthy and they get Aaron Jones back, I think they could move up, you know, beats consistently top five. Baltimore in the Steelers game was so sloppy. Like, I get that the Steelers won and they're still undefeated and they, like, they look like the badass team in the North, but it's like if Lamar just takes care of the ball a little bit better and maybe the weather's a little bit better, um, Baltimore doesn't really concern me. I know that Lamar's not proven in big games, and I definitely don't trust him in big games. But, like, Baltimore, I think, is still going to be, like, in the contention for the AFC Championship game. Like, I, that's what I love about the AFC, man. You got the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Ravens. I'm not throwing in the Bills, but you got the Titans there, too. And so the Titans, I think you hit the nail on the head, like, a week or two ago when you were questioning how good their defense was. And it's clearly not that good. Like, Joe Burrow picked them apart. Um, and actually Burrow was commenting like, after the last game against Tennessee's upset, like how his offensive line played. And like, you could see if you give Joe Burrow like a little bit of time, like how good he can be back there. Um, so he was really appreciative of that. And so out of those three, Tennessee worries me the most because they rely so much on Derrick Henry in the run game, uh, which is great if you have him in fantasy football, but if not, like if the Tennessee is, if the Titans are behind, then I don't really trust them. Uh, to come back, even even though they didn't give up against the Steelers down 20. So I, I actually like them being 5, 6, and 7 right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with those takes. I think the one thing that, about Baltimore that really worries me is Lamar. Uh, you got, you know, you've heard me say this over and over again, Jerry. Guy can't really throw in big games on big third downs. I don't really trust the guy against good defenses. So I think Baltimore's in a little trouble. Tennessee's defense is horrible. Um, I think those two are in a little bit of a lower tier than Green Bay, who, yes, they lost to uh, Minnesota, but they're pretty banged up, and that was a close game. I think when the Ravens are healthy, though, like the Ravens and the Packers are pretty similar. Like, I think they would give each other a good run for their money on like a neutral I, field. 
Yeah, but I just trust uh, Rogers much more than oh, Lamar, definitely. To be honest, definitely. Um, and yeah, some people say Lamar is better than Rogers. That's just that's crazy. But um, yeah. Also, I think so. And then I think there's also Seattle, um, who isn't in this group that we were saying, but I have them ranked four, and I think they're that, they're better there. Well, I think that Seattle and Green Bay are kind of in the same tier, and then I think there's the top three, which is Tampa Bay. Uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, and Tampa no, Bay. I'm gonna disagree with you though, because Tampa Bay worries me. And I know, like, I'm supposed to be the Brady guy on this one, but like, Tampa Bay really concerns. Like, I know they have Antonio Brown are coming on soon, and they saw Mike Evans. They're gonna get Godwin back. Um, but the fact that they kept it, like, they didn't blow out the New York Giants. Um, and I did want to ask you about Danny Dimes in a second. Uh, it, that's really concerning to me. And I get Tom's look really good. And I told you the Bucks were going to look good because all they had to do was limit their turnovers. And Jameis had, you know, the 30 interceptions. And Brady's obviously is not going to come anywhere close to that. So, yes, the Bucks are a really good team. But top three, I don't know about that one. I think uh, they're right in that group with, like, the Seahawks and Packers. Yeah, let's, let's get to dimes in a minute. But um, I think this week, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, my prediction is Tampa Bay comes out. They prove that they're the better team. They prove that they're the best team in the NFC after beating New Orleans and Green Bay. Um, two quality wins there. Their defense, I think, is actually really good. Like, top five defense in NFL. You've got Brady and a ton of weapons. Their line's playing well. I like Tampa Bay to win that game this weekend. I think Tampa Bay is the third best team. Um, and also wanted to ask you about the uh, the Chiefs and Steelers. I don't know your take on those teams, but uh, who would you say is better out of, out of those teams? So firstly, Michael Thomas is supposed to be coming back, but I still think the Bucks win like you do, just because in the first match we saw the Saints win, and I think in that division they're going to split 1-1. Uh, so based on the first game, I think, yeah, the Bucks win this game. I don't know if it's a real statement game or not, uh, but we'll, we'll see based on the outcome of that one. It, Steelers and Chiefs, that's interesting, Tosh. I think the Chiefs are better than the Steelers, despite the Steelers having a better record. Um, I know that Steelers defense is legit, um, but Big Ben on the road continues to worry me. Like, his home road splits are crazy different. Um, and so I know there's no home fans this year, but it's still, it still holds true for the most part. And, yes, I know that the Chiefs lost the game to the Raiders, and that's fine. Like, Steelers are not going through the season undefeated. Uh, you give me Steelers, Chiefs, I'm taking Chiefs every day in that matchup this year. Uh, I'm riding with like 24, 25-year-old Patty Mahomes in that matchup all day, every day. Yeah, you'd think the you know, you'd think this Chiefs are better. I think the Chiefs are better, but there's just something about the Chiefs to me this year that they don't seem to be fully clicking on all cylinders yet. Let's see if that happens uh later on. No, but they year. but they don't need to either though. Like you saw like throughout the playoff run last year. Like they don't even have to put up points in the first half. They can put up twenty one on you so quickly quickly within like five, six minutes of just the game time, which is insane. Um, I think they yeah. have plenty of time to figure it out. And, and I'm not even saying that the Steelers are overrated at all. I think they're a very, very good team. I just don't see them going unscathed through the season, uh, even though they don't have too hard of a schedule. But like I told you, Thanksgiving Day, Steelers-Ravens. Ravens are winning that game. Calling it right now. Hmm. That's an interesting take after the uh, Steelers just won in Baltimore. But um... – I don't hate it. Those teams tend to split, but uh, dude, they split dude, every season. It's gonna one-one. Yeah, they do tend to split, but also, uh, low-key hot take here: the Ravens might end up like ten and six this year, especially if they don't win this week. 
Um, back to Chiefs Steelers. Can the Chiefs do the thing where they go down and then put up 30 points really quickly against the Steelers D? Uh, that's the one thing that worries me. But uh, Pittsburgh also, they play, their next three weeks are an absolute joke. I think it's, um, let me look here, at Dallas for Cincinnati, at Jacksonville, they're going to be 10-0 and 0 going into that Thanksgiving game. So maybe, Baltimore. maybe, unless the only game they might lose is that Burrow game if he just goes absolutely off and he gets a little bit of protection. and That defense does what they did against the Titans. Um, but yeah, I, they could definitely be undefeated. And then like the hype machine around the Steelers is insane. Um, and then that pressure gets to a team. Like, I mean, unless you're like made of yeah. stones, like they're going to lose the Ravens on Thanksgiving. Like it's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right. What was your, uh, Danny dimes thing? Okay. So yeah, I did want to ask you about this because I don't actually think he's that bad. I love to shit all over the giants. I hate the giants. Love seeing New York teams be miserable, whether it be the giants or the jets. Uh, but I don't think Daniel Jones is actually that bad. Like, I think that his line's not the best. It's not the worst, but, like, his defense is atrocious, not helping him out in any games. Um, I think, like, if you put him on, like, a decent team with a different cast around him, like a decent cast around him, I think he could be, a, like, a pretty decent guy, kind of like when Tannehill changed scenes when he left the Dolphins. Yeah, dude, I completely agree. Um, Danny Dimes kind of throws some dimes sometimes and uh you put yeah you put him on like the niners or something and he you, can scoot telling, yeah you're telling me that jimmy garoppolo is much better than danny danny dimes i'm not buying that like danny dimes is not bad he can run a little he's got he can he can you know throw the ball around the the, the yard a little bit Dude, yeah imagine if the colts had him like that they'd be so much better like i think he's a good quarterback yeah so I, I just bring this up too because like the Giants are in a position now where if they wanted to tank a little bit more, they could be in a position to draft Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. So we'll get to college in a second. I know we both want to get there, um, but I don't like if you're if you're me, if I'm the GM of the Giants, like you have Saquon hopefully coming back next year after the ACL injury. You can work to improve the defense and the O line. Um, maybe you don't trade Golden Tate. You keep him and maybe add another guy besides just Sterling Shepard there. I think Danny Dimes is the guy you can really build around. Yeah, one thing, let me get this last thing out on Danny Dimes, and let's move to the uh, the next week. Don't want to spend too much time on Danny Dimes, but uh, I think um, there's this, there's always these young quarterbacks, and I think even throw, like, Sam Darnold in here, there's there's always young quarterbacks who get drafted high, they get come in, and they're, they're expected to be the, you know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, just being amazing right from the start. But uh, you got to realize a lot of it is there's, you know, the circumstances of their team, their offensive lines, their weapons. Um, and it takes a few years to develop, you know, like guys like Tannehill guys, like, um, you know, Phil rivers, guys like Jared Goff, Kirk cousins, those guys are decent quarterbacks and they weren't great. Right. When they came into the NFL, it takes some years to develop. I think Danny dimes has some good stuff. He's working with. It'll be interesting to see if the giants get like, you know, a top two or three pick if they choose a quarterback and trade Danny or, uh, what they do with that, but um, I want to get to two more games before we move on to uh, college football. Seattle at Buffalo, I think, is uh, those teams are pretty similar. They both haven't really beaten anyone this year, and I think this is going to really show just how good both of these teams are. Okay, so key word here: it's Seattle at Buffalo, four at number eight. I said it before, I'll say it again: Buffalo is one of those teams that needs a big home crowd. Dude, they barely scraped by the Pats. They won by three only because Cam fumbled at the very end. They were going to lose that game. And you know that I think that Seattle is one of the best teams in the league. Like, they're number four in the two TV top 25. 
I see Seattle having no issues going into Buffalo. Um, you know, Seattle's defense does still need improving. They continue to worry me week after week. Um, but I, if they get into a shootout, I like Seattle in this one. I trust Russ so much more than uh, Josh Allen. And Russ is making his MVP case. This is just going to be another game in a slew of amazing games that he's having this year. Yeah, I mean, you got to like Seattle. Russ is better than Allen and in a close game, which I think this will be. Both defenses are pretty bad. I trust Russ more. And then the last game, I'm actually pretty excited for this one. Uh, Miami, who's ranked number 13 in the top 25, at number 11, Arizona. For me, this game's all about Tua and Murray. Um, I think if Tua can play like he did last year at Bama, if he can play a little bit better than he did last week, which he should because uh, another week of experience, a worse defense in Arizona than the Rams, I think that the Dolphins have a chance here. Their defense is pretty good with Flores. Dude, we made it really, really far in a sports pod without take it, without talking uh, to his first start. So glad we got to this one. Um, his game against the Rams, like I get why they made the switch, but you threw him against Aaron Donald. And like, this is one of the rare games where he goes out there the first time. And we don't know if he's really good or really bad. Uh, the Miami special teams and defense was the one that actually carried them that game. That was, that was weird to me. Um, so I guess this is our second first look at Tua against the Arizona Cardinals. And, and yeah, this game... Originally on the schedule, didn't look that entertaining, but yeah, Kyler is must-see TV. Um, him and DeAndre and that offense and Bud Baker on the defense. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this one's a good one. I know Arizona's favored. I wouldn't be shocked if Miami comes out of there with a W, um, but I'm not, like, putting my chips on the table on this game. But, yeah, I, I'm going to be watching this one pretty pretty closely. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Um, that will be a good game. And that's, for the, that's all for the NFL this week. Let's move over to college football, Jerry. I got a lot I want to talk to you about. The Pac-12 is starting. We know, you know, the, a lot of the uh, SEC and Big Ten football fans don't really respect the Pac-12, but uh, we couldn't be more excited over here as uh, Duck fans. And so, obviously, Jerry, what Mario Cristobal is doing at Oregon is unlike any program in the Pac-12 right now. He's recruiting at a whole nother level. Uh, he's got the Ducks rolling. They won the Rose Bowl last year. So I'm going to say, other than Oregon, um, there's some other teams, Cal, Utah, USC, ASU, UW, you know, who do you like other than Oregon in this conference? No, and we'll, no, we'll get the Oregon no. listen here. No, no, Ducks by 90, Ducks by 90. We're winning this, we're winning this conference. No doubt about it. Crystal Ball's got that SEC defense. Gosh, I was talking to you a bunch of times that I wasn't sure, sold on Crystal Ball as the guy necessarily lead this program. You kept talking me into it, talking me into it. I tell you what, I was wrong. I was wrong about Crystal Ball. His in-game decision-making bothered me so much, but this guy can recruit like nobody else I've ever seen at Oregon. You know, Chip Kelly was pretty, pretty good, but this guy's defensive recruiting, unreal. Bringing the SEC-style defense to the Pac-12, exactly what we need to separate ourselves from the Pac. Can't wait. So you asked me about the second team I'm worried about. It would be USC, but I don't really care about that. That's not the big issue to me. The Ducks are going to win this conference. What worries me, Tosh, just scrolling across breaking news on my phone as we're recording this, Washington UW versus Cal game. First game, the opener canceled one positive COVID test. The Pac-12 is already behind. They're starting a month and a half behind the first college game. They're starting November. You have a jam-packed schedule, no bye weeks. It's like a month and a half straight to the conference, uh, Pac-12 conference championship. I don't see how our conference, the Pac-12, that we care so much about, gets through this. Like one game already is canceled. They have no room for error. Like, what the hell do you do? If you're the college football committee, your job 
is to get the best four teams in there. But if they're playing like five games, like can you justify putting our Oregon Ducks in the college football playoff touch? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think a lot of it's gonna come down to the uh, how you look on the field and how 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 much you win by. If they do go undefeated, well, um, you're really high on the Ducks to win this conference, um, and I am too. But I also do like what Justin Wilcox is doing at Cal. Sounds like they're gonna, not going to play this week. Dude, yeah, they're not yeah. playing though. That's the thing. Like they're not going so so they're not going to have time to play. So let's say the Ducks don't win the Pac-12, which is unfathomable. Let's just say they don't win it. The team that wins it has to win every game by like twenty-five plus. You need style points if you're the Pac-12, regardless of who the winner is. And like the Pac-12, as we know, Tasha loves to beat up on each other. It's like a poor man's SEC, if you will, with uh, the way they beat up on each other. Um, and so. If you're the Ducks, we expect to win this this conference. You got to be putting up a major amount of points, and our defense has got to be holding the rest of the conference to ten and under, fifteen and under. It's got to be a huge discrepancy to prove that we belong in the Final Four. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it's really going to come down to style points. Um, I wanted to ask you about Clemson because I was watching DJU on last Saturday versus Boston College. They came back. Jerry, tell me this guy isn't the third best quarterback in the nation. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Uh, it's tough with, with the first the field, half. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the first half he had wasn't great. I don't know. You have uh, Texas A&M Mond. He's not too bad. I think DJ is probably a little better than him. Although Kyle Trask, and what about Florida? Dude, Kyle Trask is not bad. He's pretty good. Um, Jones in uh, Alabama. Florida had. Dude, if Florida had DJU, they'd be the number one team in the nation probably right now. Okay, Maybe but if he's that good, Clemson. but if he's that good, and he's not not that much of a step down from Trevor Lawrence, like how are you down that much to BC in the first half? Like you were down what twenty eight to ten going into halftime. Like what is that? BC BC's not bad. Um, in their their defense played pretty well in the first half. Um, but but yeah, they came back. I think that was a classic Clemson game where they get a little bit scared in the first half they don't come out great they're looking to notre dame next week and then yeah they just absolutely murdered them in the second half all right so let me get it let me get this out real quick i was listening to sports talk radio this week as one does and they were going back and forth on do you take it if you're the jets or whoever has the first pick justin fields or trevor lawrence and like two or three people were like oh you take justin fields and i was like what are you talking about you've been talking the last three years about how whenever trevor lawrence comes out of college he's the guy I just don't understand how that flips so quickly. Like, if I'm the GM, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. He's proven it in the big games. Justin Fields, we'll see what happens this year with Ohio State. Um, I know Wisconsin is giving them a run for their money, even though we both like Ohio State there. But, what? I mean, are you taking Lawrence or are you taking Fields on this one? Yeah, you got to take uh, Lawrence. But I, I also do like Fields, and I wanted to talk to you about uh, Ohio State rolling Penn State, like, Ohio State's legit. Fields is legit. I'm interested to see yeah. him go against an SEC defense. I yeah, think well, Penn State's a joke. Seven. We talk about that, how they're overrated every single year. I mean, we don't have to get into that again. Like, go back to last week's pod. Listen to me with Penn State. <laughs> Absolute joke. Yeah. Um, but Ohio State's doing that thing. I mean, I think we both agree that Michigan is once again a dud. Like, under Harbaugh, they've proven that they're not the team that's going to stand in Ohio State's way again. Like, Harbaugh's not going to get his first victory this year. Um, and so then yeah. it comes down to like who the winner of Wisconsin and Ohio state. And like, that comes down to like, do you believe in Scott Frost? Like uh, maybe even if you do, I don't like them getting past Ohio state and Justin Fields. So, you know, I think Ohio state's there at the end. 
Yeah, no, you got to like Ohio State. Um, Michigan, not back. Uh, bad loss to SMU. And now they play Indiana. I'm interested to see if Indiana's actually legit. Um, that's a game I'm focusing on uh, this weekend. Michigan's I think, three and a half. Well, I think they're, they're definitely legit, but they're also like outperforming like all their projections. And at some point, you got to come back to like what we thought you were. You know, they are what they thought we were. Uh, and so, like, I think they'll be like in some competitive games, but. I mean, I'm no expert on the Indiana football program. Don't get me wrong, but like, I, do you see Indiana running the table? I don't. They're, I don't, but I, I do like their uh, lefty QB. I think he's pretty good. But yeah, they're not. They're going to have a tough time beating Ohio State. Um, one more team that's not legit: Oklahoma State. Jerry, bad loss to Texas. Out of the CFP, we can take them out of the uh, playoff watch segment, which let's get to here. Um, but uh, Oklahoma State not legit. Wanted to. Uh, talk about the playoff watch. We've got Cincinnati and BYU, um, both group of five teams. BYU's 7-0, and and I think they only have three more games. Uh, this week against Boise State is huge. If they win out, um, they could potentially be the fourth team um, in the college football playoff, maybe. Do you think they get in over a one-loss Texas A&M team if they're undefeated? I think it's hard to put them in. So their offenses, we can put up points. Like, they look good week, out, week in, week out. The thing is, though, like, well, let's just say we both think Clemson Bam is going to be there. Let's put in Ohio State for, for fun's sake here. And now you have that one spot open. So it's coming down to what? Potentially Oregon if they don't lose, which they're not going to lose. They're going to win this conference. But uh, let's say they have a loss. And then you have Texas A&M, which we talked about possibly being there. Um, and I think I'm, I'm missing one other team, but are you putting in BYU over like A&M and maybe Florida if they have that one loss or Georgia, if they beat Alabama in the, in the conference championship game, I think it's a really hard argument to make to get BYU in the little team from Utah that could, um, it's kind of like a similar situation that UCF had when they went undefeated like two seasons ago and they looked really good. Like everyone was making the argument to put them in. Um, I think they're pretty fun, like a fun team to watch a really, really good team, but if you're looking at the landscape of like the entire country, I don't think that you can put them in as a top 14 if you're the committee. Yeah, I agree, even if they go undefeated. But Zach Wilson, good quarterback, wanted to give them some love. And I think the same can be said for Cincinnati, who's in a little bit of a better conference than BYU, and they're ranked sixth. But um, yeah. yep. they, I just don't see them getting in over uh, Texas A&M. Uh, if Texas A&M has one loss. Now, if Texas A&M loses again, if Oklahoma State loses again and sees undefeated teams versus two loss teams, then you got a shot. But uh, until, like, some of these other teams lose two games, like Texas A&M, like Oklahoma State, Oregon, um, I say we probably take these teams off the uh, college football playoff watch. Definitely. And so, yeah, I, th- I agree with you, man. It's either going to be, like, that fourth spot is going to be the winner of the Pac-12 if they get those games in. So our Ducks are going to make it. Or uh, if, depending on what happens in the SEC, we could see it once again, like two SEC teams make it. Um, you know, yeah. Clemson and Notre Dame are, are playing this week. And I want to talk about that because I was saying that even if Clemson were to lose uh, like this week without Trevor Lawrence, they play again in the ACC championship game. And like, I just, even if Notre Dame wins once, I mentioned last week that I don't see them losing twice uh, to Notre Dame. So like, I think Clemson is just the clear favorite out of that conference. Yeah, but also if, if uh, Notre Dame splits that, I think that they might still get in the playoff. Um, so, so, it, so if it's a close loss then to so, – so if Notre Dame loses like a close game in the championship game, 
then they could potentially put them in. But we, uh, but here's the, my problem with that, though. We saw Georgia lose a close one to Alabama. I think it was, what, two years ago? Um, and they lost by, like, three points after leading a half, and they were, like, they had one of the best defenses, and they didn't get in. Um, and so, I don't know, the committee, like, those, those last losses, like, at the very end of the season in the championship game, um, sometimes they, they take the loser out for a lesser winner of another conference. So, I, I don't know. I, if you know what I mean, yeah, you, you got to be making that push in the championship game, obviously. Yeah, um, I think Clemson rolls in that game. Let's just talk about that. Now, I think Clemson rolls. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't think DJU's much worse. They're going to be so motivated to just kick Notre Dame's ass in that game. And uh, Notre Dame hasn't looked great this year. I just don't know what, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know why Notre Dame isn't, uh, is only getting five-and-a-half points in this game. But, um, yeah, I'll take Clemson in that game. Like, do you think Notre Dame stands a chance in this game, Jerry? Or? Uh, I mean, if Clemson looks like they did against BC in the first half, they definitely have a shot. But, yeah, you're right, though. Notre Dame hasn't looked great this season, you know, despite all their, their wins. And Clemson, as we talked about, gets up for the big games. And this is one of the big games that they're going to get up for, especially after, like, Last week was kind of like a look-ahead game where they just, oh, BC's coming into our home stadium, you know, we're just going to show up and roll over. And now DJU, who you mentioned, you know, has his first star under his belt and, like, knows that he shouldn't be behind by 20-plus points. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see Notre Dame winning this. I have Clemson winning this game. Uh, But, you know, would I be shocked in college football if the away team loses? No. Yeah, no, I... I don't think uh, Notre Dame will win that game. But a few more games I want to get to. Um, let's. I just want to go over these quickly for our, our listeners here. ASCU at number 20, USC. I think this is going to be like who's the second best team in the Pac-12 early on this season. Uh, USC's 10.5 point favorites. Number seven, Texas A&M, 10 point favorites at South Carolina. Texas A&M still in playoff watch here, so they got to keep winning. Uh, South Carolina is not great. I think they're two and three, but... Uh, road games in the SEC are never easy. And then we mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, Michigan, three-and-a-half-point favorites at Indiana. I kind of like Indiana. We'll see if they're legit. And then uh, BYU, number nine BYU, three-point favorites at number 21 Boise State. Uh, is BYU legit? We'll see about that. Um, yeah. anything, on, anything on those, Jerry? Uh, real quick, I think that I mentioned to you last week, uh, after we recorded it, I think UFC might give it like the Ducks the most run for their money in the Pac-12. So maybe maybe watch and see like if they're actually good, and we'll meet up in the, in the championship game there. Um, Texas A&M, I don't know if we'll be watching them versus South Carolina this weekend. To be honest with you, but they're definitely on the playoff watch. I don't see them having any issues there. The Michigan Indiana game is, is weird, just because like if Indiana wins and it's like okay, they're they're good. They got another win. Like they keep winning and they're gonna move up in the rankings. But it's like you beat Michigan, who we just talked about isn't that good and then if michigan beats them it's like okay then indiana's not that good because we both don't think michigan's that good um so while it might be an entertaining game i don't actually think that it tells us whether either team is really that good um and that's pretty much where i'm at in, in college football so without further ado tosh let's get to our ducks the taken on stanford it's a 7 30 eastern 4 30 prime time game i can't wait dude season opener uh, the Cardinal coming into town, it sucks that Austin won't be packed, uh, but I, I'm excited to see what our team looks like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Austin, great football atmosphere. you got to make it up there if you haven't. So the Ducks will be missing that. 11-point uh, favorites. I think uh, Stanford's missing a lot of guys on their defense. Um, 
Last year, this game was 21-6, played at Stanford. And uh, all signs point to this game being even lower scoring than that. So I say hammer that under, under 51 and a half. It's a little throw in there for the uh, two TV sports crowd. But, uh, yeah, I think the Ducks roll. I'm, you know, I'm a believer in Tyler Shuck, the new quarterback for the Ducks. Good recruit. The defense, Kayvon Thibodeau, future potential top five pick. He's a beast. Uh, yeah, defense is stacked. The secondary has multiple NFL guys. Uh, linebacking core is good. Two five-star recruits there. And I think that, uh, you know, the the, the, the Ducks line, uh, five new starters, but Cristobal is an O-line coach. He's been recruiting well. I think the Ducks might be a little bit of an O-line factory, so that might not be too big of an issue. They've got, you know, receivers returning, C.J. Verdell, potentially the best back in the country. Um, I, like I mean, the okay, all right, hold on, hold on. All right, I know you're a big Ducks fan, but Najee Harris, best best back in the country. Let's... Let's cool that one down a little bit. I think that like, I actually like Najee Harris and Bam going to be in the Heisman conversation. Like, I think he's that good. Yeah, I agree. But he's up. CJ Rail's up there. One of the best backs um, in the country. And I think he's, I think he's the best in the Pac-12. Um, and so, yeah, I like the Ducks to win. I don't, the 11 is a little bit much uh, just because I don't like it's the first game. I don't know how great the offense is really going to be. Yeah, we but, just don't uh, really know. Yeah, I really like the under in this game. That's interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it, it could happen. I, I know home crowd, I think, affects more of our defense stoutness. So I, I don't know if I like that necessarily, especially in the Pac-12. And then week one, I don't know how the form tackling is going to be. So I know the standard's not that good. They're missing some players. But I don't know about the under on that one. Regardless, though, I'm going to be rooting for the Ducks. Going to be looking at that game. Gosh, maybe the best college football game of the weekend. I know we talked about Clemson, Notre Dame, and they're one versus four, but I actually am more excited to watch Florida and Georgia. So Florida's number eight right now, and Georgia's number five. They're going to have fans there, the Bulldogs. Um, you're a little bit lower on them than I am. I think Georgia's pretty decent. Um, and so I, I really like that. It's the 3.30 Eastern spot right before that big Ducks game. Yeah, definitely we'll be talking about this on the 2TV uh, weekend spotlight check that out on 2tvsports.com and on our instagram but uh yeah i think georgia's overrated i've been saying stenson bennett isn't very good this whole year and last week they put up thir- uh, 14 points uh still got the win but um yeah i i like i kind of like uh i kind of like florida in this game i'm getting i think it's going to be close um and it's a big matchup so the sec west uh it sec east my bad. The SEC East is going to come down to the winner of this game, and then the winner of this game is going to play Bama, uh, unless Bama trips up, but probably going to play Bama, and so if they can win this game, they're going to be uh, kind of on an inside track to uh, match up with Bama and a chance to get back into the CFP. Oh, definitely. So, uh, the winner, Yeah, the winner of this game plays Bama in the, in the SEC Championship game. So my, yeah. my, my thoughts on this one are Kyle Trask is definitely better than Setson Bennett for Florida, but my issue is Kirby Smart is a much better coach, I think, than Dan Mullins. Like, I kind of think Dan Mullins is an idiot, uh, personally. But like this game, uh, I know, I know, I think you have a pretty strong take in a minute. But uh, I, I, I could see this one going either way. I don't really care who wins. I don't have a horse in this race. Um, but I think it's going to be low scoring, like a, a very classic SEC battle, like maybe fourteen seven at half, maybe like twenty one seventeen at the end of the game, or like twenty to seventeen, like a last minute field goal gets it. Uh, I think this is going to be a really like drag it out fight. Like there's going to be some injuries in like the third quarter that are gruesome, unfortunately. 
this is must watch. Like, I'll, I'll be planted for this one. Yeah, gotta watch this game. Uh, but before we get to my uh, my strong take, as you said, on on this game, go to uh, 2tvsports.com, check out our articles, uh, check out everything we got on there, and uh, we're still bringing you the great lineup of content every week. Check our Instagram. Um, let us know what you think about our posts. Comment in online, comment on the Insta. Follow us on Twitter, at 2TV Sports, and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Now, Jerry, let's get to my strong take. Let's get, let's, let's get to my lock of the week. Uh, my lock of the week. We've been talking about NFL on the lock of the week for this whole thing that we've been doing, and I've been pretty good. I've hit on 10 of 15. Now, I, you know, I didn't really love the NFL uh, this week in terms of the lines. I think a lot of the favorites are going to win, but uh, I'm not sure about any of the, the points on a lot of those. So where I went with my lock of the week, Jerry, went to college football and went to, to good old Notre Dame. Notre Dame, the team that I can always count on blowing big games, getting absolutely murdered in big games every single time they play in one. They're playing a legit Clemson team who's only getting five, who's only giving five and a half points because Trevor Lawrence is out. But Jerry, you know what? We've been talking about it this whole podcast. DJU is almost as good as Trevor Lawrence. I love Clemson on the road at Notre Dame. They're gonna blow Notre Dame out. It's gonna be like a 30-point game. I'm gonna be sitting there on the couch with the Ducks game on the big TV, Clemson on the lower TV. Clemson's gonna be running it up. DJU's gonna be entered into the number one overall draft pick in next year, uh, not this year, the year after. And, uh, yeah, I'll take uh, Clemson minus five and a half against Notre Dame. So I love that. I don't know if Clemson's going to win by 30, but I definitely can see them winning by more than five and a half in this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to spoil this one earlier, but, yeah, Clemson gets up for those big games. We're both not high in Notre Dame. I think this one's a no-brainer to, to bet the house on Clemson on this one. That'll be a good one. And Tosh. I'm going to let you hand back to you for the upset of the week because uh, this one's college-themed as well, and then we'll get to my uh, blocking upset for the NFL this weekend. Yeah, so my upset of the week, folks. Stenson Bennett is an absolute bum. I've been saying it on this pod for weeks now. He got killed at, at Alabama. He barely won last week, put up 14 points. This week, Florida's coming to town. Dan Mullins got his, his group inspired. They're getting three and a half points. Florida is pretty good. Um, their one loss is to Texas A&M. It was a close game. I think we're going to see that Florida is the best team in the SEC East. Georgia's reign as being the best team in the SEC East is over. Stenson Bennett's going to look like a bum, as I've been saying for weeks now. And uh, I like Florida as my upset of the week. Florida money line in that game. I love that you hate Stenson Bennett. It's so funny to me. You just think he's so much of a bum at Georgia. Um, so this one, as I mentioned, I'm staying away from this one. I'm just going to watch this one. It's going to be a bloodbath back and forth. Take the under is my thing. Uh, if you're looking for upsets in college football and you have a rooting interest in Florida, and you don't think Georgia's that good, yeah, I like it then. Um, but, like, this game, I think it's going to be a drag em out street fight. And so for that reason, I'm in on the game. I just – I'm staying away as far as gambling on this one. All right, Tosh, enough of uh, us, us going at it with Stenson Bennett and, and the college games, which it's just a pretty fun weekend. You're absolutely right, Tosh. The, the lines in the NFL this week weren't that great. Slim picking, some might say. Uh, so first, I love the Texas money line play against the Jags. If that game does happen, uh, there's some COVID concerns. 
there with the Texans. So we'll see what the NFL does about that. So instead, Tosh, I'm going back to the well. You went there last week. I'm going there this week. The Seattle Seahawks are on the road against the Buffalo Bills. We talked about it earlier. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue for the Seahawks. I'm just taking them to win the game on the road against Josh Allen's Bills. No home crowd once again up in Buffalo. I think the Bills need that in big games. We just saw them barely escape the Patriots, who you know we both know aren't good at all this season. Uh, they were going to lose that game. Cam holds on to that damn ball. But anyways, Russ is having a season for the ages. He's, I think he has 26 touchdowns now this season. He's looking to maybe get that touchdown record. Uh, I don't see the Bills stopping him in his way. And so the Hawks, once again, my Super Bowl pick in the NFC from the preseason pod. Go check that out are once again my lock of the week in the NFL. Yeah, Jerry, love going back to the well. I went back to the well with Pittsburgh last week, back-to-back weeks, got them over Tennessee and Baltimore. Going back to the well works, and uh, you got to like Russ against the uh, Bills there to uh, take the win. So I like that pick. So let's keep it on, guys, now for my upset of the week that I'm a little bit higher on. We talked about this guy earlier in the pod. Nobody's giving him that much love. We're the only ones giving this guy love, his name is Danny Dimes. This guy and the Giants kept it within two points of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, who we think is one of the top four or five teams in the league, you know? Uh, that pass interference call doesn't get called. Maybe the Giants actually go in and upset the Bucs. I have no idea how the Washington football team is favored against the Giants. And yes, I know the Giants aren't that good and they're not playing for that much, but Danny Dimes is out there to win. I mean, I'm pretty, the last one I saw was like two, two and a half in favor of the Washington football team. I don't get this one. Just like last week, the Raiders, I hit on the Raiders upsetting the Browns. Like, they weren't favored in that game. This line, I'm looking through the lines, trying to give you my takes to make you some money. It doesn't make sense to me. The Giants are just sitting there begging for you to bet them. We both believe in Danny Dimes. I'm liking the Giants as much as I hate them as an actual team this week is my upset of the week. So Danny Dimes proved me right on this one. You know, Jay, I'm not as high on that one as as your Seattle pick, but uh, you got to pick an upset. You know, don't hate it. I think uh, these teams are pretty equal and, and anything really could happen in this game. But uh, yeah, we, we kind of like Danny Dimes here on this pod. Uh, maybe we'll get him on the pod one day. Hey, who knew? Uh, who knew that this was going to be the pod that liked Danny Dimes? Not yeah. me, certainly. This is the, uh, the first pod in the history of pods that is uh, Danny Dimes fan. So um, we, can, we can take that claim to fame once he uh, turns into a star that we were the first people to uh, like Danny Dimes. Yeah, despite all the all the booing on Drasno, I think he'll, he'll be all right. But yeah, we, we got to work some work to do to get him on the pod. Hopefully he'll be joining us uh, next month sometime. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for now, uh, 2TV Sports is signing off the mic. Go check out all of our stuff online. And um, aside for this weekend, Jerry, it should be a fun one.